Welcome to Zichur Dafsi Manu Mamma Brei Ram Goldari and Tirim Zechus Yavamas Dafalamad Ches, the fourth parak, Acholus Vimto. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states, Shomer's Yavam Shanafala Nechosim. If a Shomer's Yavam inherited property from her father, both Beishame and Beishil agree, Shomacheres Venosenes Vakayam, that she may sell it or give it away and the transfer stands. Mesa, if she dies before Yibum is done, what is done with her ksuba and the nechosim, nechnasim yosim ima, with the properties that enter and leave with her, referring to nechzim alug, which is property the husband has the right to use during the marriage and keep whatever crops or income it produces. Beishamai say, yochaloka yorshe abal in yorshe av. The husband's heirs divide them with the father's heirs, but Beishil say, nechosim becheskosim, the property stays with the one who possesses them. The ksuba is in the possession of the husband's heirs, and the nechzim alug are in the possession of the father's heirs. If the Yavam married the Yavama, she was like his wife in all matters. Except that the to pay the Ksuba rests upon the first husband's estate. Point number two, the Gemara asks, what is the difference in the Reisha and the Seifa of the Mishnah, in that Beishamai agree with Beishil on the Reisha, that the woman has full possession of the property she inherits, and Beishamai disagreeing the Seifa that the husband gets part of the property. Ula said, in the Reisha she fell to Yibum when she was in Arusa, meaning her first husband died after he was Makadashir, and in the Sefer she fell for Yibum as a Nesua. And Ula holds, Zikas Arusa osa Suffolk Arusa, Zikas Nesua osa Suffolk Nesua. The Zika of an Arusa makes her like a Suffolk Arusa, and the Zika of a Nesua makes her like a Suffolk Nesua. The Gemara explains that Ula holds, Zikas Arusa osa Suffolk Arusa, for if he made her like a Vadai Arusa, it was taught in the Mishnah in Ksubis that when property falls to an Arusa, Beisola holds she is not allowed to sell a And in our mission here, Beisola does permit her to sell it. And Ula holds that Zika's Nesua kasafak Nesua. For if the Zika made her like a Nesua, then how could Beishamai say if she dies, the property split between her heirs and her husband's heirs? For the mission Exubus teaches that if a woman tries to sell property she inherited after she became a Nesua, the husband has the right to take them back from the buyers. So we see from here that Zika's Nesua only makes her like a Suffolk Nesua. And that is why the property is split. And pointing with you, Robert challenges Ula and holds that both the Reisha and the Seifa deal with where she fell for Yibum as a Nesua, and agrees with Ula that a Zika's Nesua, Kasafik Nesua. In the Reisha where she's alive, she has a Vada'i claim to the property, and the Yavam has a Suffolk claim, since she's only a Suffolk Nesua. And a Suffolk claim cannot take money from the hands of one who has a certain claim. In the Seifa where she died, both the heirs of the father come to inherit and the inheritors of the husband come to inherit, and both have Suffolk claims. Therefore, Yocholoku, they divide the money. Rashi explains that according to Beishamah, as a Suffolk Nesua, she's either like a Nesua, and the Yavam inherits, or she's not a Nesua at all, and the father inherits. Therefore, the property is divided. Beishamah holds that since the father's heirs are definitely in line to inherit the property, and the property is already in the hands of the family before the Yavam will come to make a claim after the death, the property remains with those who already have a chazakin. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, Shomer's Yovam Shanafal Nechosim. If a Shomer's Yovam inherited property from her father, both Beishamah and Beishil agree, Shomecheres Minosenes Vekayim, that she may sell it or give it away and the transfer stands. Mesa, if she dies before Yibum is done, what is done with her ksuba and the Nechosim, Nechnasim Yosim Ima, with the properties that enter and leave with her, referring to Nechzim Alug, which is property the husband has the right to use during the marriage and keep whatever crops or income it produces. Beishamai say, Yochaloka Yorshe Abal in Yorshe Av. The husband's heirs divide them with the father's heirs, but Beishil say, Nechosim Becheskosim. The property stays with the one who possesses them. The ksuba is in the possession of the husband's heirs, and the Nechzim Alug are in the possession of the father's heirs. 
If the Yava married the Yavama, she was like his wife in all matters. Except that the Chiyiv to pay the Ksuba rests upon the first husband's estate. Point number two, the Gemara asks, what is the difference in the Reisha and the Sefer, the Mishnah, in that Beishamah agree with Beishel and the Reisha, that the woman has full possession of the property she inherits, and Beishamah disagree in the Sefer that the husband gets part of the property. Ula said, in the Reisha she fell to Yibum when she was in Arusa, meaning her first husband died after he was Makadashir, and in the Sefer she fell for Yibum as a Nesua. And Ula holds, Zikas Arusa osa Suffolk Arusa, Zikas Nesua osa Suffolk Nesua. The Zika of an Arusa makes her like a Suffolk Arusa, and the Zika of a Nesua makes her like a Suffolk Nesua. The Gemara explains that Ula holds a Zikas Arusa osa Suffolk Arusa, for if he made her like a Vadai Arusa, it was taught in the Mishnah Ksubas that when property falls to an Arusa, Beisola holds she is not allowed to sell a Chirchila. And in our mission here, Beisola does permit her to sell it. And Ula holds that Zika's Nesua could suffer Nesua. For if the Zika made her like a Nesua, then how could Beishamai say if she dies, the property split between her heirs and her husband's heirs? For the Mishnah Ksubas teaches that if a woman tries to sell property she inherited after she became a Nesua, the husband has the right to take them back from the buyers. So we see from here that Zika's Nesua only makes her like a Suffolk Nesua, and that is why the property is split. And pointing with you, Rubber challenges Ula and holds that both the Reisha and the Seifa deal with where she fell for Yibum as a Nesua, and agrees with Ula that a Zika's Nesua could Suffolk Nesua. In the Reisha where she's alive, she has a Vada claim to the property, and the Yavam has a Suffolk claim, since she's only a Suffolk Nesua. And a Suffolk claim cannot take money from the hands of one who has a certain claim. In the Seifa where she died, both the heirs of the father come to inherit and the inheritors of the husband come to inherit and both have Suffolk claims. Therefore, Yochaloku, they divide the money. Rashi explains that according to Beishamah, as a Suffolk Nesua, she's either like a Nesua and the Yavam inherits, or she's not a Nesua at all and the father inherits. Therefore, the property is divided. Beishamah will hold that since the father's heirs are definitely in line to inherit the property, and the property is already in the hands of the family before the Yavam will come to make a claim after the death, the property remains with those who already have a Chazakin. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Daf Ches, and our standard Simon relates to a Dabralach, a liquid, and we use chicken soup to make it more distinct. So here goes. When the Shomer's Yavam inherited her father's famous secret chicken soup recipe and sold it for millions, she gleefully told her Yavam it was all hers, since she was an Arusa and Zika's Arusa, Kasafa Karusa. And even if she had been a Nesua, Zika's Nesua, Kasafik Nesua, and the rule is, ain't Safik Motzi, Midei Vadai. All right, this definitely counts as one of the top of money, I admit, but here we go again. When the Shomer's Yavim inherited her father's famous secret chicken soup recipe, chicken soup, that must mean one of the top. When the Shomer's Yavim inherited her father's famous secret chicken soup recipe and sold it for millions, she gleefully told her Yavim it was all hers, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, Shomer's Yavim should not fall in the chosim if a Shomer's Yavim inherited property from her father, both Beishamah and Beisil agree, Shomer's Yavim Vakaim that she may sell it or give it away, and the transfer stands. They disagree if she dies before the Yavim was done in terms of who inherits her ksuba and Nixay Malu. So, when the Shomer's Yavim inherited her father's famous secret chicken soup recipe and sold it for millions, she gleefully told her Yavim it was all hers, since she was an Arusa and Zika's Arusa, Kasava Karusa, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, what is the difference in the Reisha and the Seif of the Mishnah, in that Beishamah agree with Beisil on the Reisha, that the woman has full possession of the property she inherits, and Beishamah disagree in the Seif that the husband gets part of the property. 
Ula said in the Reisha she felt the Yibum when she was in Arusa, meaning her first husband died after he was Makadashir, and in the Seva she fell for Yibum as in Nesua, and Ula holds Zika's Arusa Osa Suffolk Arusa and Zika's Nesua Osa Suffolk Nesua. The Zika of an Arusa makes her like a Suffolk Arusa, and the Zika of a Nesua makes her like a Suffolk Nesua. So, when the Shemer's Yavim inherited her father's famous secret chicken soup recipe and sold it for millions, she gleefully told her Yavam it was all hers. Since she was in Arusa and Zika Zarusa, Kasafak Arusa. And even if she had been in Nasua, Zikas Nasua, Kasafak Nasua, and the rule is, ain't Safak Motsi, Mide Vadai. Which reminds us, Robert challenges Ula and holds that both the Resha and the Seva deal with where she fell for Yibum as in Nasua and agrees with Ula that Zikas Nasua, Kasafak Nasua, in the Resha, where she is alive, she has a Vadai claim for the property, and the Yavam has a Safak claim, since she's only a Safak Nasua, but ain't Safak Motsi, Mide Vadai. And a Suffolk claim cannot take money from the hands of one with a certain claim. In the Seva where she died, both the heirs of the father come to inherit and the inheritors of the husband come to inherit. And both have Suffolk claims. Therefore, Yochuluku, they divide the money. So once again, when the Shemer's Yavam inherited her father's famous secret chicken soup recipe and sold it for millions, she gleefully told her Yavam it was all hers, since she was in Arusa, and Zika's Arusa, Kasafak Arusa. And even if she had been in Asua, Zika's Nasua, Kasafak Nasua, and the rule is, ain't Safak Motsi, Mide Vadai. Alright, now it's time for Four Blabach Hazorah. Daflamadal, so the Simmer Daflamadal is a ladder. So here goes. The tummy man who was hiding up high on a ladder, ladder, that must mean one of the tummy man who was hiding up high on a ladder, eating chelov that was noticed that he carried in his mouth on Shabbos, which reminds us. The Gemara here asks, who is the Tanu who holds the two prohibitions take effect upon a single item, whether it's through an Isser Kola, an Isser Mosif, and an Isser Basachas? And review to set in the name of Rav, that's Rabbi Meir, for it was taught in the Mishnah. Yesh Ocha, Achila Achas, V'chai Valeo, Arba Chatos, V'ashem Echad. There's one who does one act of eating and is kind for four Chatos offerings and one Ashem. The case is a tummy person who ate chelov that was noser from consecrated offerings on Yom Kippur. Remember says that if it was Shabbos and he carried it out in his mouth before swallowing, he would be high of a fifth offering. So we see from here the Remer holds of all three types of prohibitions, including an Isser Basachas. So the tummy man who was hiding up high on a ladder eating chelov that was noser that he carried in his mouth on Shabbos watched a bris down below where a father was rushing, had the wrong baby circumcised, which reminds us. Gamora asks, who does Rabbi Meir rule in accordance with, given that he holds that the two men who accidentally switched wives should bring chattas offerings, and answers that he holds like Rabbi Yezah that holds a tobit of our mitzvah chayv. Alternatively, it could be that he rules even in accordance with Rabbi Yeshua, who stated his position that a tobit of our mitzvah pater, in the case of circumcising babies on Shabbos, this manu bohu, where a person's time is rushed, since there's a mitzvah to circumcise the baby on the eighth day. If he erred in that situation and circumcised the wrong baby that was not meant to be circumcised on Shabbos, he's putter. But here in the case of marrying the woman, his time is not rushed since there's no specific day that he must marry the woman. So the tummy man who was hiding up high on a ladder eating chelot, that was noser, that he carried in his mouth on Shabbos, watched a bris down below where a father was rushing, had the wrong baby circumcised, to the horror of its mother who had gotten remarried ten years after her first husband's death. Which reminds us, when Rabin came, he said in the name of Yochanan, any woman who waited after the death of her husband ten years and then remarries can no longer bear children. Rav Nachman said, They did not teach this rule except when she did not plan on remarrying. But if she did plan on doing so, she can still become pregnant. The more brings the case of Rav Chisla's daughter who bore children to Rav ten years after the death of her first husband, Rami Barachama. Daf so the simmer Daf is the children's choir singing La La La. So here goes. The children's choir, children's choir, that must mean we're on Daf Lamed Hay. La, la, la. 
the children's choir joyfully singing at the Gyoris's Chasna the day after her conversion, which reminds us all women who had relations and then want to remarry need to wait three months, except for a woman who converted as an adult and a ship who was freed as an adult. When the word suggests the Rabban should be goes for these women to wait as well, since it's come for them to have illicit relations, it answers that Shmuel's going according to Rabbi Yossi, who holds that a Gyoris, a Shvuya, a captive woman, and a Shivcha do not need to wait three months. Abai explains the reason they do not have to wait is that a woman who engages in Znus inverts herself after having relations so that she does not become pregnant. So, the children's choir joyfully singing at the Gyoris' chasna the day after her conversion were thankfully not present in the hall next door where two daughters of Kohanim got switched to their chuppas and became puzzled to eat truma. Which reminds us, the Mishnah had said of Imahayu Kohanos, Nipsumina Truma, if the calls were daughters of Kohanim, they are puzzled from the eating of truma. Rabbi said that the Mishnah is teaching that if they were daughters of Kohanim who were married to Yisraelim, they are puzzled from eating truma from their Kohanic homes. Rush explains that even though a Baskon who was violated while married to Yisrael is not prohibited to her husband, if he were to die, she would not be able to return home and eat truma. So the children's choir joyfully singing at the Gyoris' chasna the day after her conversion were thankfully not present in the hall next door where two daughters of Kohanim got switched at the chuppas and became puzzled to eat truma, while a guest who was pregnant and had done chalitza was rushed out and tragically miscarried, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a Malchok as a Marim in the beginning of the fourth paragraph regarding one who does chalitza with a pregnant woman, and then she miscarries. Rabbi Yochanan says she does not need chalitza from the brothers, since the chalitza is now seen to be valid, whereas Rezhakish says she does require chalitza again from one of the brothers, since the first chalitza was not valid. The Gemara teaches that Malchok is going to be explained based on Psukim and on Svarah. So the similar Daflamidvav is a Lulav. So here goes. The Lulav salesman, Lulav, that must be more Daf Lamidvav. The Lulav salesman missed the announcement that a certain woman who did chalitza was in fact permitted to the kahuna, which reminds us the reason why a woman couldn't have a chalitza done in a case where her husband and her tsar went overseas and they came back and reported that her husband was dead and it's not yet known if her tsar had a child is not because chalitza's mu'uberz loshma chalitza, a chalitza of a pregnant woman is not a valid chalitza even if she miscarries. Rather, it's because perhaps the tsar had a viable child. And it will come out that you'll require an announcement that she's fit to marry into the kahuna. It would be declared that her earlier chalitza was not effective and she's not a chalitza to be forbidden to kohanim. The more clarifies that we're concerned that if someone was not at the announcement, they might come to think we're permitting a chalitza to a kohen. So the Lulav salesman missed the announcement that a certain woman who did chalitza was in fact permitted at the kahuna because he was jumping for joy that the sale of the Lulav farm he bought from the farmer's son was still good when the son suddenly passed away. Which reminds us, Rabbi says the halacha goes according to Reish Lakish in the case where a father signed over his properties to his son to be acquired after the father's death and where the father retains rights to the produce. If the son sold the property during his father's lifetime and the son died during the father's lifetime, Rishwaki says, the buyer has acquired the property upon the father's death since the ownership of the rights of the produce, which the father still had, is not considered as if he still owns the land. So the Lulav salesman missed the announcement that a certain woman who did chalitza was in fact permitted at the kahuna because he was jumping for joy that the sale of the Lulav farm he bought from the farmer's son was still good when the son suddenly passed away. After being told he had to give his Yavama divorce because he did Yibam prematurely, risking violating the Isser of Eshazach. Which reminds us, if one marries his Yavama and she's found to be pregnant, if the child is not viable, he keeps her as his wife. The Gemara here brings up rights with an opposing opinion that taught. In the name of Rebeleza, they said, Yotzi beget, he must divorce with a get. Rush explains that even though the Yibam is valid since the child was not viable, 
The Rabbanim penalized him and required divorce because by marrying the Yavamu who was possibly pregnant, he risked violating the Jeraisa Isser of Eshazach. Daf Lamed Zayin said the Simr Daf Lamed Zayin is laser tag. So here goes. When the pregnant woman playing laser tag, laser tag, that must more on Daf Lamed Zayin. When the pregnant woman playing laser tag, who passed her first trimester but wasn't showing, played against the majority of women who were... Which reminds us, the Michelin Daf Lamed Hayam and had say that if a child is possibly the nine-month-old baby of the deceased brother, or possibly the seven-month-old baby of the Yavam. The Yavam must divorce the Yavam, the child is kosher to marry a Jew, and they're hired to bring an Ashantali. On this stuff, Rav Nachman explained that even though the majority of women give birth at nine months, making this the child of the deceased brother and the Yavam and Yavam who have transgressed, the Isravashas Ach, making them liable on Achatas, since most women who give birth at nine months are showing at the first trimester, in this case of the Yavam, her fetus was not noticeable at three months, and therefore Israel Ruba, going according to the majority in her case, is weakened with respect to her. So, when the pregnant woman playing laser tag, who passed her first trimester, but wasn't showing, played against the majority of women who were... She got help from a woman who had been married to a rabbi for one day. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains how Rav and Rav Nachman could marry women in the place they visited and then divorce them when they left, and there was no concern that their children would unknowingly marry each other. So, when the pregnant woman playing laser tag, who passed her first trimester, but wasn't showing, played against the majority of women who were... She got help from a woman who had been married to a rabbi for one day, who left to go back and judge an inheritance case involving a Suffolk child and a Yavam. Which reminds us, the first of eight cases dealing with disputes in inheritance is the case when the Suffolk child and the Yavam come to take possession of the estate of the deceased brother. The Suffolk child says that he's the son of the deceased brother, and therefore the estate is his. The Yavam claims that the Suffolk child is his son, and that he has no right in the estate. So this is the case of Maman Amutu Basafak, money that lies in doubt. And since both sides have legitimate claims, Maman Amutu Basafak Cholking, money that lies in doubt is divided between the parties. All right, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.